You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the director of the film Puzzle, Mark Turtletop. How are you, Agnes? The same. Not good. That happens sometimes. Every day. Same thing. The same thing. Every day. So the root of all suffering is our desire not to suffer. No one asked you. Louie. What's going on? Mom just did a puzzle. Only children play with puzzles, Agnes. Remember thou art dust, and to dust thou shalt return. Puzzle partner. I'm here about the puzzles. You seem to have some mark on your forehead. It's Ash Wednesday. Is that a problem? No, not at all. As long as we don't have to share the prize with the Pope. <laughs> a competition? I'm doing it. Honey. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. You're so much more comfortable when you're focusing on the puzzles. Tension. He's using you. Everybody always uses you and you let him. I don't know why someone like you would find me interesting. You're modest and strange and beautiful and funny. <laughs> Does that make me weird? No, just different. Life is messy. There's nothing we can do to control anything. Where's dinner? I slave all day for this family. What's wrong with you? When you complete a puzzle, you know that you have made all the right choices. All right, puzzlers, on my count. Three, two, one. You gotta tell me everything. I don't have to tell you anything. Ever done. Faith, ambition, love. What other pursuits can give you that kind of perfection? To getting all the wrong pieces right. Hello everyone, I'm Matt Neglia over here with nextbestpicture.com and today I am being joined by Mark Turtletob. He is the director of the new independent hit film Puzzle, which premiered earlier this year over at Sundance to really fantastic reviews. Mark, how are you today? Thanks, man. I'm great. Yeah, no, it's it's great to be talking with you um, because, man, I'll tell you, I, I was doing quite a bit of reading on you. And for those that don't know, your journey to getting into the film industry is a fascinating one. And, you know, from what I read up online, you didn't go the traditional route, uh, you know, like going to film school or anything like that. So uh, I want to just first start off for those that may not be aware um, how did you get to become involved in the film industry? Yeah, it's sort of a, it, it's an indirect path, Matt. Uh, I, uh, I did a lot of things uh, through the years, but I always loved film. I was one of those guys growing up that just loved foreign films and independent films and was really influenced by, uh, by John Sayles and other independent filmmakers, uh, yeah. both American and abroad, and, uh, and great writing. Uh, but then life took me in different directions. Uh, and uh, after being a journalist, I went into the business world and didn't come into film until I was uh, much later in life. Uh, and uh, I began by producing. Uh, and over the last uh, 20 years have been uh, producing uh, independent uh, feature films and documentaries. And Finally, uh, after doing that for a number of years, decided I wanted to wanted to direct. 
Yes, uh, some of the titles that your production company, along with uh, Peter Sarif, Big Beach Films, has produced. Little Miss Sunshine, which you uh, earned an Oscar nomination for, for producing. Safety uh, Not Guaranteed, Loving. Uh, So you guys have a very impressive slate, and the latest film is Puzzle. So with this film in particular, this is your second uh, directed film. Uh, The first one, I believe, was uh, God's Behaving Badly. Um, which, if I remember correctly, you wrote, but this time around, uh, Oren Moverman, who um, is a never accomplished uh, director and screenwriter within the uh, industry, has written a couple of uh, works. Uh, some people might be aware of The Messenger, uh, for example. He, he wrote puzzles. So what was it like ultimately receiving this script, and what drew you to this material this time around? Well, it was it was a pleasure not uh, not writing it, and and then to receive such a, a wonderful screenplay. It's adapted, Matt, from a Argentinian film of 2010, which I never saw and I didn't watch until I finished uh, directing this movie and finished uh, completed it. Uh, but uh, it was sent to me by a couple of producers I know who thought I might want to direct it, and much of what you see on the screen is what uh, Oren had wrote. Uh, and yeah. written rather. And uh, when I read it, I was drawn to the writing, which is always, I always start with a written word. Mm-hmm. But then I was drawn with the fact that the story is about a woman over the age of 40 who begins to find her uh, her voice. And we don't see those kind of movies. Uh, you know, we started, we're starting to see movies centered around women like Graham McDormand last year and Three Billboards. Mm-hmm. But we don't see very many of a woman over the age of 40. And this one was about that and it was beautifully written. And uh, those are two of the things that drew me to it. Yeah, well, it's definitely uh, beautifully written material and definitely, like you said, presents a uh, different kind of perspective, especially like, you know, those kinds of films are very underrepresented. And to see uh, one break out like this is definitely um, a nice eye opener for everyone, really. Did you have like any kind of uh, personal connections to uh, the characters within the screenplay, maybe from your own life at all when you read it or? Uh, you read, you read, uh, you must've read something I wrote. Yeah, it's true. Uh, when I read it, it's a story of a woman, uh, who, uh, has grown up in suburban Connecticut, uh, taking care of her father who has now passed away as the movie opens. Uh, but after that, uh, she's still living in the family house, taking care of her husband, taking care of her two teenage sons and living a pretty small life, not living sort of the life that maybe she was meant to live. And I grew up in suburban New Jersey, uh, and my mother doted on my father and me, the only child. And uh, when I read the screenplay, I went, I know that woman. Uh, And this is a story about a woman who does uh, figure out what uh, her passion is, and that, that leads her into a whole new world. Yeah, so with the casting on this film, you have Kelly McDonald, Irfan Khan, and David Denman. And I'll admit... Not the first people um, I would normally suspect for uh, this type of material. And I wanted to really get some insight into what it was that you saw in those actors that you felt would work best with the material. Mm, Great question. Well, you know, they're world-class actors. Let's start with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm always, and my producing partner, uh, Pete, we're always drawn to just great actors and and, uh, uh, as were the other producers on the film. And uh, when I first saw Kelly McDonald, I don't know how many years ago, in uh, 
in Girl in the Cafe, a small movie made for TV with Bill Nye, I was so taken with her uh, performance and I hadn't connected her with some of her earlier films. Then I saw her a couple of years later in No Country for Old Men and then Boardwalk Empire. And mm-hmm. as I began to connect the dots, Matt, between all of those projects and realized that's the same person, <laughs> I, <laughs> I knew I had to work with her. Uh, and so she's the first person I really uh, thought of and Fortunately, she responded to the material the same way I did. Irfan, uh, on the other hand, is one of the world's great actors. Uh, and mm-hmm. the movie was not written for an Indian man, but it's it's really sort of colorblind. And when I read it, uh, my producing partner said, hey, have you thought about Irfan? Which I hadn't. And I thought it was really brilliant. And having known him from the, you know, from the lunchbox and uh, in treatment, these small TV show that's really uh, an actor showcase. And, uh, and then of course his big American features. And I didn't know if he would do a small, uh, American independent, but he like Kelly and like Dave Demon all responded to the material. Uh, and then David, of course, uh, I knew from his, some of his television work and some of his, uh, film work, but mostly television. Uh, I wanted a guy to play a father who was, uh, who you could care about, even when he's doing things that make you cringe, you go, Oh, uh, he's not a bad guy. And so it had to be somebody who was nuanced and who could not, it wouldn't be a stereotypical kind of character. And David, uh, for me embodied that. And I, I actually find that last point about David to be uh, most enlightening of all, because, um, that's very crucial to, uh, the story and how it ultimately does play out. So uh, finding that right actor for that um, definitely must have been, I would imagine, a challenge. But I think you definitely uh, were right on the money with David there because when you watch the film, yes, you have those thoughts and you definitely can understand uh, why Agnes is responding to him the way that she is. But then by the end of the film, it all kind of makes sense. And I was going to use a bad pun about pieces fitting together with a puzzle, but I, I avoided that. <laughs> good, good. I'm, I'm glad you did. Yeah, well, in any event, though um, – what is ultimately the message that you wanted to convey with this film? Because I did read up that you're very much um, into um, human connections, uh, showing empathy on screen. And with a story like this, for those that have not seen the film, um, the film is coming out on July 27th. Uh, that's 10 days from this recording right now. Um, what would you say to them uh, would be the reason to go and check out this film? Well, you know, it's it's a good question. I, I leave I leave people free to to form their own opinions about about material, especially artistic material. But I think it, it's a it's a story that uh, about somebody finding their passion. Hopefully, it and, and I know it does. It, it it entertains. So you can never. I never want to put my mission or my uh, or a message above the the value of entertaining people. Sure. And I think the story does that. It, it, it has, it has real emotion and it has real humor in it. Uh, more humor than I think I realized when I was directing it and was kind of interesting at Sundance to have these raucous laughs. And then uh, we've been screening it at the end. We were the opening film in Edinburgh and been screening it uh, uh, here in uh, at festivals. And, uh, it really took me by surprise at how much people appreciated the humor. I think they want them to feel that it's real life. It's grounded. And yet it's about somebody who discovers her passion later on in life and how that has a rippling effect on everyone around her. Uh, and that's really what the film's about. But I, I leave people free to form their own judgments. 
Yeah, and I definitely think that there will be uh, a, a lot of different opinions on this film and on the character of Agnes. I think she's uh, one of the most beautifully written and complex well, not necessarily complex, but um, the, the decisions that she has to wrestle with are certainly complex. And I think that that is going to uh, give viewers a lot to chew on and think about after they leave the film. I know it did for me. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Now, especially the ending. You know, we tried to create an ending, which is a beginning in a way. Yeah. And it, and it leaves you. I've had a lot of people say to me, I walked out of the theater and I just wanted to know what was going to be happening uh, to her life in the future. And I think that's, that's a good thing because people want to, mm-hmm. they, they want to talk. We all want to talk about movies. It's why we go for that shared experience in the theater. And, and I think hopefully this uh, creates that kind of dialogue. Yeah. Um, there was definitely a, a, a gap, uh, between God's behaving badly and puzzle for you, uh, in terms of directing. I know that you've uh, definitely kept your producing uh, duties busy in the meantime, but I'm curious to know after this, the reception it's received, um, do you already have another project lined up or are you just waiting to see uh, where the next right project will come along? I'm waiting, Matt. And I, you know, this was so such a beautiful screenplay. Uh, and that's where, as I told you, I start. So I'm reading everything from the menu to uh, books, novels to see what, uh, what uh, I will work on next. But I'm, uh, I'm very much focused on that. Yeah, no, and it, it definitely, I think I said, like it, it shows in the quality of films that your uh, company has put out so far. And uh, hopefully with this, it's, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's a whole other new chapter, especially for you, because I, I have to say, watching it, I was very, very excited by what I saw on screen and uh, the message it was conveying for everyone out there. And I think people are definitely going to walk from it with similar feelings as well. Uh, Matt, you're very kind. Thank you so much. No problem. I want to thank you very much for your time with this. I really appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Matt. All right. Take care. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with the director of Puzzle, Mark Turtletob. You can subscribe to the Next Best Picture podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, and also on CastBox. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think of the show. Also, head on over to our Patreon page, where for $1 minimum a month, you can get some exclusive podcasting content. As always, you can find me on social media at Next Best Picture, and we shall see you all next time. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.